Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Lowe. A lot of people dream about winning the lottery and singing Johnny Paycheck's Take This Job and Shove It to their bosses. Since the odds of doing that are quite long, Michael Dillard, an MTSU alumnus, has written a book to help you get there in a more thoughtful, methodical way. It's called Accidental Success, Accidental Millionaire Retirement. Dillard says he went from being unemployed on a Friday to being a Foreign Service officer on Monday. We'll ask him how he did that after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU has secured funds for a $66 million project to build a new student-athlete performance center behind the north end zone of Floyd Stadium, as well as make stadium improvements. The first of a three-phase, over $100 million plan to upgrade athletics facilities. The three-story structure will house training, strength and conditioning, and equipment centers. Football's locker and meeting rooms and personnel offices will be moved from Murphy Center into the new facility. Design of the new facility will begin immediately with project completion expected before the start of the 2024 Blue Raider football season. The State Building Commission recently approved MTSU's plans for the project. And the advising manager for MTSU's College of Education is proving that the university's massive 2014 investment in advising is paying off. Women in Higher Education in Tennessee has bestowed its Woman of Achievement Award on Alicia Abney, the second consecutive MTSU employee to receive this recognition. Judith Iriarty Gross, an MTSU chemistry professor, won the honor in 2020. A former secondary school teacher from Kokomo, Indiana, Abney and her family moved to Middle Tennessee in 2014. Her MTSU career began as a tutor for redshirt freshman football players. When an academic advisor position opened in the College of Education in 2015, she applied and got the job. Among the campus committees and organizations with which Abney works are the Advisor Mastery Program, the Summer Read Committee, Campus Read, the Power of One Coordinated Community Response, and Quest for Student Success 2025. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Michael, welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure to be a part of this great broadcast um, that's hosted by MTSU, and thank you for hosting today's uh, interview. Our pleasure. Why did you write this book? What did you want to accomplish by telling your story? What I wanted people to know is that despite where you come from in life and you use education as a tool, it can unlock many doors. I found myself growing up in a low-income household and surrounded in an environment in which I wasn't expected to do much besides just graduate from high school. Well, thanks to assistance from a government program called Upward Bound, which is also um, called TRIO program, it gave me insight into what life would be like studying on a campus. They provided resources for me and others to receive tutoring to be able to walk on the campus and to be able to hold our hands as we continue to progress in life each year when we're in high school. Afterwards, they put us on a campus and they held our hand to take those college courses. If it wasn't for that assistance, then my life wouldn't have changed the way it had now. Uh, you know, fast forward, I'm a MTSU alumnus because someone reached out to help me to obtain an education. 
Now, the upward bound uh, campus was Austin P State University, and you anticipated uh, one of my questions, which was what the upward bound program means to you and your life as you reflect on it. Wow, that's an emotional question for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm about to tear up on the inside. Upward bound, it just changed the path in which my life was going. And what I mean by that is that at that point in time, I was an okay student in high school, but I never thought about going to college. I, I had no thoughts about going to college. I just wanted to, to make money. Upward bound helped pull my grades up so that I can see that going to college will allow you to gain additional knowledge to be more culturally diverse in the world and to be able to to dream of owning a business, to be able to dream of having that, you know, great nine to five job so that you can fulfill your life goals and dreams to become the person that you want to be versus being forced to work nine to five at an employee or an employer that you don't appreciate. It also gave me mentoring. Outward Bound provided me with the tools to study, to take time to value an education, to study on the weekend, during the summer and, and throughout all times of the week, they were there for me as a resource. Without me going to college, I would not have been able to become a US Foreign Service officer who travels the world, who helps to eradicate extreme poverty throughout the world. How did you come to find yourself at MTSU from which you earned your bachelor's degree? A great uh, story. After I, I joined the army to get my GI Bill for $36,000, $36,000 to help pay for my college tuition. I graduated, I finished the US Army and I moved back to Clarksville, Tennessee. And I just came upon a, a brochure that said MTSU had a recording program in business management. I said, well, this is interesting. Someone can get a degree in business management. I drove up to MTSU, registered, and became a proud you know, member of MTSU, took advantage of all the college resources that was available. I later on became the Urban Music Society's vice president. Uh, it, it was a great time to be with MTSU because MTSU has a lot of resources for students. What was your major? My major at first was music business. Later on, I changed it to interdisciplinary studies. And you're also, these days, you're also an executive coach. What does an executive coach do? Does he serve only executives or aspiring executives? Or is he more, or she, in some cases, more like a, a life coach? It's a, so when an executive coach pretty much um, specializes with managing, with dealing with managers who deal with difficult situations when it comes to managing employees, managing teams, career change, dealing with major business decisions. Thus, as an executive coach, I help leaders to think through some of the decision-making that they need to make and help them to implement change. We'll take a break right here. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. 
The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking with MTSU alumnus Michael Dillard, the author of Accidental Success, Accidental Millionaire Retirement. So how did you go from being unemployed on a Friday to being a Foreign Service officer on a Monday? Well, as I reflect back in time, when I was unemployed with the baby on the way, I had no idea what life had in store for me and my family. What, what I did was, I told myself, don't give up. Despite the fact that you're unemployed, don't just sit at home and do nothing. I chose to do something. I went out, knocked on doors, asked people if they needed help, if they needed assistance. And through me reaching out, I had applied like eight months ago for a government job to work overseas as an accountant. However, the process was very long because it required a top secret security clearance and, and other checks. Thus, time was going away and the baby was coming due at any point in time. I found a little part-time job here and there, but then after the tax season, I found myself unemployed again. But I was hopeful that something was gonna come my way. I was, I was hopeful and optimistic. And the moment I got let go, I got a call saying that, congratulations, you're going to become a United States Foreign Service officer. And that's how I went from be being unemployed on a Friday and being a US Foreign Service officer on a Monday, responsible for managing millions of dollars and eradicating poverty. Uh when you went knocking on doors during that really desperate time, did you feel confident about your credentials as they existed at that time? Or did you feel like you needed to uh, uh, get a little bit more seasoning with whatever job that you could get? I felt confident. What I knew, what I know one thing about life, you have to gain the experience some way, somehow. Once you gain the experience, then people will continue to and trust you more and more. They will continue to give you more work responsibility. Thus, my goal was to get out there and get a job doing something so that I could show people that my college education that I got from Middle Tennessee State University was valuable, that I had something to add to their business. Thus, my goal was to get in the door, gain experience, and then I knew I would work my way up to the top. Uh, there are some folks who go to college and expect to get a six-figure job immediately upon graduation. It, you, perhaps you could disabuse them of that notion. It doesn't exactly work that way for most people, does it? 
It does not. And that is another reason why I wrote the book. I wanted some, I wanted the readers, your audience and your listeners to, to read the book. When you read the book, Accidental Success, I, success in a way didn't come when I graduated from Middle Tennessee State University or like others from a college where you think you're going to get this six-figure job. I wanted to tell people about how life really works, that when you graduate, you're out there on your own and you have to prove to an employer your worth. When I graduated from Middle Tennessee State University, I started working at a, as a customer service rep, you know, in Nashville. And in my mind, I was like, I graduated, I got this degree, where's the money? There was no money because I didn't have any experience. You have to have experience. Employers want people with experience. One thing I highlighted in the book is that you need to have a, a great career counselor or career services at the university that you go to. Fortunately for me, Middle Tennessee State University had a great relationship with local businesses. I received an email after I graduated explaining that they were looking for people to work at Dell, to work in the small, medium, and business division, and it paid very well. I reached out to MTSU, I applied, and I got the job. That changed my directory at that point in time because I went from working in customer service to working for a top Fortune 500 company, working in business, and I was able to develop my skills. You're not going to get that six-figure job right away. However, you have to continue to move forward in life. And when you have a vision and you take action, the most important thing is to take action. Yes, you can have the six-figure job, but you have to take action to in order to succeed. And the action I took was I stayed in contact with MTSU. I was willing to change career sectors in order to progress in life. Where did you go and what did you do as a foreign service officer? I went many places. I've gone many places. I've gone to, my first assignment was in the Dominican Republic. Next, I went to Zambia, off to Afghanistan. That was interesting because there was a, it was a, a little a little violence there and it, it was dangerous, of course, because of the terror threats and the bombing and, and et cetera that takes place. After Afghanistan, I went to the Democratic Republic of Congo and my last overseas assignment was South Africa. As a foreign service officer is the official title when you apply for the job, anyone can apply, go to usaid.gov or usajobs.gov and you'll see um, that the United States government is always hiring for people to serve in international development. Thus, as a financial service officer, foreign service officer, my job is to manage the U.S. taxpayers' dollars. When I'm overseas, my position is a financial controller. I'm responsible for managing the accounts payables, accounts receivables, making sure that our local partners or international partners are audited to make sure that if they say they're going to implement health services to eradicate malaria, that those funds are used accordingly. Thus, my job is very diverse. Um, every day is different. Living overseas, my children, my family, they get to travel with me as well. Thus, they get to go to some of the best international schools that the world has to offer. And they get a chance to interact with the locals. As an example, when we were living in the Democratic Republic of Congo, the native language is French. Mm -hmm. Thus, I was required to learn French. 
What gave you the courage to get out of your comfort zone and uh, embrace new places and new cultures? As some uh, college students are uh, have never been too terribly far from mommy and daddy in their entire lives. And some of them have never even gotten on an airplane before. And they might be just a little bit skittish about uh, sampling something that's out of their traditional culture. I'll give credit to multiple factors. My father was in the US Army. And when I was young, we had lived overseas in Germany. Thus, I was comfortable living in a different environment. That exposed me to working in a place that wasn't the United States of America. Being a part of Upward Bound, we would take trips during the summer to different cities. That exposed me to the world, not only locally, but around me, 30 minutes away, 45 minutes away, where I got a chance to say, oh, these people are a little different, but I like this. This is a good change. Thus, that's what allowed me to be very comfortable, you know, working internationally. And it's good to, to explore, take a, you know, take a trip, take a visit, internship, network with people from other cultures, cultures, and you will be able to learn a lot. We'll take another break right here. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte gross WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Michael Dillard is our guest. He's an MTSU alumnus and author of Accidental Success, Accidental Millionaire Retirement. Now, not all the steps you've taken in your life will work for everyone. Not everyone is a good fit for the Army or the Foreign Service, but there are some steps you mentioned in the third section of the book that seem like really good general advice. Talk about some of those. I added the financial aspect of my life in the book. Instead of it being a typical memoir about how I was able to achieve more in life, I wanted to also expose people to the financial aspects because money is a, a big part of our lives. As you mentioned earlier, people graduated from college and they went to six-figure job. Okay, if you're making six figures, what are you doing with that money? I added financial management information into the book so that people can realize that how long are you going to work? Are you going to work till you're 50, 60, 70, 80? You have to save money today in order to be able to retire sooner tomorrow, as an example. A lot of times people don't understand how money works. They don't understand the time value of money. They don't, they don't know that if you put money in today, 
what financial instrument do I invest it in? A lot of people come to me and say, Michael, I have money, I'm putting it, I want to invest it, but what do I do with it? I tell people the simplest thing you can do is to invest it in the S&P 500. They say, well, what's the S&P 500? I say, well, the S&P 500 is the equivalent of the US Olympic team. You have 500 of your top athletes who are performing at a high level. The S&P 500 is composed of Apple, Google, Microsoft, many of the services and companies that you use today are part of the S&P 500. That's, you are a business owner. When you buy a share in the S&P 500, you own 500 businesses. Thus, I want to get the mindset to, or let people know that invest today, own something, and enjoy the fruits of your labor so that you can retire when you're 60, 55, if you want. How and where did you acquire your knowledge of these uh, investment strategies and options? After I graduated from Middle Tennessee State University, I was working at Dell Computers. And later on, I told myself, I want to get a, a master's, an MBA. Thus, I went on to get a MBA in financial management because I wanted to get the chance to understand how money works. And from there, I've been an avid reader of investments, keeping up, reading the latest policy rules and, and investment instruments that one can use to invest. I believe that it's better to save today in order to have a nice debt-free life tomorrow. Uh, some folks don't understand that there's a big difference between greedy and materialistic and being security oriented. The, these are two totally different mindsets when it comes to thinking about money. And a lot of young people just say about uh, stocks and bonds or insurance or any of these things, I'll worry about it later. By the time it gets to be later, like 35, they're going oh my goodness, I'm behind the learning curve on this and I better catch up, especially if they're married with children. How do you convince a young person in college that this is something they ought to really be thinking about now? I asked them a few questions. One, I asked them, what type of insurance do they buy if they were in a car accident? They'll say car insurance. Okay, what type of insurance will you buy if you have an issue with your health? They say health insurance. Thus, as I ask those questions and we're starting to have those conversations, I say, well, what are you gonna do if you lose your job? What are you gonna do to protect your family if all of a sudden you can't work? Another pandemic happens. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna rely upon? That starts to get the person to start thinking, oh, okay, yes, I need to do something. I also walked them through an example called the rule of 72. I say that if you invest your money today, how long will it take for it to, to double? They'll say they don't know. Well, if you take the rule of 72 and divide it by the average annual return of your investment, say you're getting 10%. So 72 divided by 10 is about seven. Thus, if you have $10,000 in in what, 10 years, your money had doubled to 20,000, right? This is everything make sure, sorry. So to recap, if you have, the rule of 72 is you take 72 divided by your investment, the annual return, which is 10. That's 72 divided by 
10 is seven. Thus in seven years, your money will double from 10,000 to 20,000. And then from 10 years later, go from 20 to 40. Imagine if you start off early, putting money into your investment basket, how much it will grow. So I started to put images in their mind so that they can really, really think about the value of it today, how much it'll be worth tomorrow. So if they can just get started, if they could just get the ball rolling, then they don't have to necessarily during their youth take all of their attention away from their studies to focus on this, but at least it'll start, the snowball will begin to roll. And uh, after they graduate and get a job, then they can talk about withdrawals from the paycheck, contributions and that kind of thing, right? That is very well said. In the book, I lay it out. I put how much you can put in if you're making $40,000 a year and you are working for your typical employer and you're getting a, a great benefit called the 401k where the employer will match up to 5%. Thus, if you put in 5%, you're putting in 2,000 and your employer is putting in 2,000. Where can you get a 100% guarantee return on your investment? Nowhere. You can't get that anywhere where if you put in 2,000, someone is going to give you $2,000. That's what your retirement account is doing. That's what your employer is telling you. And I show after 10 years, how much that money will be worth. After 20 years, how much it will be worth. Also, I break down if you choose to put money into your individual retirement account, how that money will grow year over year over year. And then if you include your social security, how much that will be worth. Thus, I break it down into basic terms as if you are a typical employee making $40,000 a year. So what life is gonna look like for you 20 years, 30 years from now. The MTSU alumnus Michael Dillard, the author of Accidental Success, Accidental Millionaire Retirement. Now, in addition, they can purchase the audio version of the book online as well at Apple or Chirp. It's on sale as well. Thank you. Take care. We'll be right back. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. Terra wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to Terra, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Randy Weiler has the middle moment. A $750,000 U.S. Department of Agriculture and National Institute of Food and Agriculture grant means researchers from MTSU and two other universities can investigate safer growing methods. Agricultural Education Assistant Professor Cheney Mosley explained. 
Our project, Soil, Animal, Food, and Economic Research, Education, and Outreach, is really a project about quality. We will explore the connections between different soil management techniques aimed at improving the quality of soil. We will use sustainable methods to improve the quality of soil and grow corn for silage in that soil. Corn silage will be fed to dairy cows and we will explore how the milk quality is enhanced. Milk will be used to make dairy food products such as cheese and we will investigate how the cheese quality is enhanced. At the same time, we will incorporate what we learn into our coursework, engage students in various research projects, and support school-based agriculture teachers with up-to-date professional development and training. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.